Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip hop. Pop. Guys, quiet. The one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome to the Two Robbies podcast. I'm Robbie Earl. He's Robbie Musto. And today I'm delighted to say we're going to have a former Middlesbrough star turned club announcer, Neil Madison, join us on the podcast a little later. But first, Robbie Musto, let's start this show with the big game at the Emirates. They saw Arsenal and City draw thrilling 2-2 draw. Mm. How did you see it, mate, from your sofa? Uh, great. I mean, I, I mean, what's not to love about two teams that have got quality going forward and don't really bother about defensive duty. So I thought it was an excellent game. Um, I'm sure for those people out there that like defending, it wasn't great uh, what we saw out there. But 2-2, open game. I thought Man City, over the course of the game, Rob, looked the better side. I think they created the better chances. Um, a potential handball um, that would have been a little bit harsh late on in the match. Um, but it was fascinating. And, and the, the thing that we talked about on yesterday's Two Robbies football show, Rob, was the Arsenal players and what kind of yeah. reaction was yeah. there going to be? Because they needed to show a reaction and they did. It was a good reaction from the team. I thought the crowd tried to get behind them. So the attitude and the, the kind of the, the, the normal Arsenal, the normal in inverted commas Arsenal was back. Not the shocking Arsenal. This was the normal Arsenal, which the normal Arsenal is good most of the time with the ball and, and creative and look dangerous on the attack, but vulnerable and weak in key moments. And we saw that again in the game where, you know, they, they go ahead in the match and all of a sudden, within two or three minutes, they're two goals to one down. So that was poor. Um, but at least the players looked on board. At least they worked hard for the manager. And at least they didn't lose this game. Yeah, I was with you. I thought, you know, both teams come out with credit. I think Manchester City would be slightly more disappointed having led twice yeah. and had the quality. They just seemed a little extra quality in their movement and, and what they were doing, Rob, when they went forward. But I, I think Arsenal have to take credit coming back, the way they stuck in the game. They showed a little bit for the manager, I thought, and, and, and you know, all the criticism that's gone about. One of the things I said on the broadcast, and it was quite funny because I saw Danny Welbeck who'd come off, and I know he's still trying to get you know up to 100% match fitness. There was shots of Arsene Wenger we saw during the game and then after the game, Rob, and everybody looked exhausted as though it was like a, a you know it had been such a, a a big event, a moment for them. Mm. And part of me understood it because they put so much in, and there was like the mental strength as well as the physical exertions of the game. But then part of me also said. Is that maybe somewhere where, where Arsenal's problem is? Is it, it that's a one-off for Arsenal? It's a big game. We've got to be up for it. We do it. You know, title winners have to do that 30, 34, 35 times a season to win titles. You have to have that mentality. You have to dig to that same place. You have to have that same drive and determination. When you're away at Burnley and you haven't got the big cameras, but you still need the three points. And it just made me think, hmm, maybe that's part of what Arsenal don't have on a, on, on a base. We see them, you know, with the selfies after they win a game in, in September. When you're thinking, hold on a minute, you know, take your selfies in, in May when, when you yeah. won a title, when, when there's something really to sell and that was just part of what I was thinking today is, you know, are, are this Arsenal team, can this Arsenal team 
go that deep, have that reserve, have that kind of level of consistency, mental strength on a 38-game season, that's still a question mark for me. You know what? It's a good point, Rob. And it's funny because you could argue that the, the West Ham at home they've got on Wednesday and other games against the, the lesser sides in the Premier League, they often do a really good job of, of, of beating them. Yeah. So, and it's the big games like today that they don't perform, they don't turn up, they don't get mentally tuned to do it. So what you're saying is, it's kind of, this is, will be the reverse. Now yeah. what you're saying is, yeah, this was a, this was a, a decent, good performance against a, a really good side yeah. and they might disappoint against West Ham where yeah, normally, off, yeah. normally it's the other way around. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, the point is the same though, Rob, mm. the mental toughness and the, the ability to perform week in, week out, Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever, that's been their issue to make it over a long season. I think there's a really good point you say about the photographs and the, and the reaction you get from the Arsenal players during a season. You know, you win a game, you know, pat everybody on the back. Well done, boys. Good performance. Okay, we're back at it on, on Saturday. You know, c- keep that consistency. And that, that's what there hasn't been at Arsenal. And, um, and it's, it, interesting. it's interesting, Rob, as well. I just want on the Arsenal yeah. Wenger thing, because the whole situation, we heard that there was a van going around near the Emirates and fans were doing their own little bits. And, and Carl came out with something that, that I thought, you know, was really strong on and saying he feels Arsenal Wenger needs to say something for the benefit of the players now. He said he thinks he's, he's putting the players in an awkward position. They don't know where they are. They don't know their contracts. They don't know what's happening in the summer it's almost like he's made this announcement before or after every game anyone's saying is this a time that the announcement inverted commas is coming soon you know Carl went very strong on saying that he feels Arsene Wenger needs to needs to make a decision one way or another so his group of players and, and everybody knows where they are are you with him on that one yeah I am yeah I think I think it's uh I mean he, 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 when he says that you know I know what I'm doing and you're going to know very soon I mean that was his words very soon and so everybody of course is going to um, think about what it, what the decision is, and then what was it? A couple of days ago, he said everything's not been completely sorted out yet. So we're trying to we're trying to figure out what it is that he's going to do. Is he going to stay in a different capacity? I read that today. Rob, yes. some journalist suggested yeah. maybe go upstairs and bring in a different coach. <laughs> that. That would, for me, that would be, I'd be okay. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Well, as long how as somebody how else does is... he get, though, Rob? Because he's a guy, as we know, who likes control, who, who, who runs the, the ship. Does he then get, you know, if you go and get a high-profile, strong manager... Are you going to get any interference from? from I don't. From, I don't think he will, Rob. And what's he been good at over the years? Yeah, yeah consistently good. He's been, he's been finding players. Yeah. I mean, he has. I mean, he's got Urz at the club. He's got Sanchez at the club. He's got. He, he does bring in good players. So that, if that's uh, something that he's thinking about, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe they're talking to other coaches. I just don't know. It's just really difficult to to figure out what it is. Again, in my opinion, he should not continue as the as a head coach, the manager of this football club going forward, given what's happened over recent years, given what's happened this season. Um, all that being said, by the way, it's interesting at the end of the show today, you were asked about um, Arsene Wenger and Arsenal this year, the top four. Yeah. I still, I still think, I mean, when you look at the table, yeah. I mean, I, I would lock in, Obviously, Chelsea. I would yeah. lock in Spurs, and I would lock in Man City. So this Liverpool and Arsenal. Now, Arsenal have got two games in hand on Liverpool, yeah. uh, which narrows the gap if they win to two points. Correct. I think it's between Correct. these two for the top four. And I'm still. I said Arsenal a long time ago. Yeah, I'm not going to change my mind on that. 
though it looks difficult when you consider the games in hand. Yeah. Well, it, they're not out of the top four race, are they? They're not out of the race by, by any means, but, you know, you, you'd rather have the points. And also, it's which Arsenal? Is it the mentally strong Arsenal or the not so mentally strong? You know, yeah. the West Ham come and Andy Carroll bullies the back four and all of a sudden, mm. oh, here we go again. So yeah. that, that's the, 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 the dilemma with Arsenal that, that we don't know. But interested as well in, in your, your opinion on, on the two players that everybody's talking about, you know, contracts unresolved at the, at the moment, Alexis and Ozil. Mesut Ozil had one of those kind of not quite, not quite controlling games as you want. Alexis, it always gives you the effort and, 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 and drive and determination. Probably his quality won't quite at, at his same length again. This is another ongoing story, Rob. While the manager's uh, future is unresolved, the two, your two-star players, I mean, again, is this something that needs sorting out, whether it's Arsene Wenger in charge or somebody else at the football club? I mean, since we, we last spoke, there's a lot of talk about Alexis and Chelsea now coming in and, and being interested. Yeah, of course it's got to get sorted out, and of course it won't. There's no way, and I think I, I'd be incredibly surprised if any announcement was made before the end of the season now. And, and Arsene Wenger's comments in the week, Rob, was, was, um, shocked me a little bit. He talked about uh, Alexis Sanchez and he said, He's got 18 months on his contract. That's plenty of time. That's not a cause for concern. Mm. It, it is. Mm. He's one of the best players in the world. Yeah. He's one of the best players. He could, he could get into nearly all other teams in Europe. And that's not a concern that he's got 18 months to run down. or Less than that. I mean, he's, mm. he's nearly at a point where he's, you know, he's got a year left on his contract. He's in the prime of his career. That is an issue. And they've not been able to resolve it. And he can't, you can't sugarcoat that in any other way. That is, that's not good. Now, of course, the player's got every right not to sign a new contract. But just on, on what you were saying, you, you've got to keep him. Yeah. You've got to keep yeah, him. Got- I would give him, without, without being ridiculous, there's talk about Ed Nazard getting a £300,000, which is, what, $450,000 a week contract from Chelsea. Now, I think... Uh, I like exchange rates, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty was sharp, wasn't it? With the, yeah, it was it's pretty about sharp. 1.2, not 1.5. But anyway, All right, okay. Um, so, I'm not saying that the, the Arsenal absolutely smashed the wage bill in mm. bits to get him on, but you've got to do whatever you can to keep this guy. Mesut Ozil, if he wants that sort of money, no, no, thanks. No, thank you. I don't want to, you know, go into next season with a player that, that signed a, a, a huge contract that we think his attitude's questionable anyway. Yeah. I would release Ozil if he wants anything near silly money, mm. but give silly money to Alexis Sanchez. Let's, let's move it forward to, to Wednesday night. Arsenal hosts West Ham, and we've talked about the mentality, the approach. Will that be any different? Can they get up to that level again and improve and put a little run together now? Because I think a stat came out, Rebecca said, it's the worst position at this time of the season that Arsenal have ever been. So it's, it's new territory, Rob, playing catch-up. They've usually been in that top four comfortable. Do West Ham come and cause a problem? Because let's remember, this is a West Ham, I think it's four straight defeats now. Slavin Bilic under pressure. There was a statement today by the West Ham board and owners that came out and said it was the, the vote of confidence. So we know how dreaded that can be. I mean, this is a West Ham team that will be motivated. It will be. And you've got Andy Carroll. Mm. And as far as I know, as now, as we record this podcast, he's not injured. So he's OK. He scored a goal at the weekend. Koscielny came off today, didn't he? Gabriel came on. Actually did OK today, Gabriel, I thought. And yeah. Um, but Carroll's going to be a problem. Mm. He's going to be a handful for them. So, yeah, I mean, West Ham are struggling. They're in, a, they're in a real bad run of form. It's a good time for Arsenal to play them. Of course, the Andy Carroll factor, given the way that Arsenal defend, particularly at set pieces, yeah. has to be a concern. But... You know, what are we talking here? This is Arsenal for the top four. This is West Ham United that are struggling. You expect Arsenal, if the attitude is right and the focus is there, 
to get the three points. If they don't, that's another, I mean, that'd be another game without winning in the Premier League for, for Wenger yeah. and Arsenal. And that would not be acceptable, I'm sure, to, to the fans at the Emirates. No, it's going to be a big game at the Emirates. Let, let's just go back to today's game in Manchester City. Yeah. Because we talked a lot about, about Arsenal. I thought yeah. City at times, the quality of passing was good. Defensively, Rob, they still got an, an error in them and the, their organisation. I mean, I mean, he starts with Jesus Navas. I mean, if yeah. you'd have seen the amount of, of team sheets we'd worked out, there was about 16 different teams <laughs> and we still weren't sure. I mean, Graham Lasso was telling us from the stadium what they were thinking. People were talking about three at the back. And although it's slightly funny, I still think that's, that's, not, that's not great when you don't know your back four where Jesus Navas is playing there and, and just your covering positions and all those things. Is this a City team that, Rob, even though they're evolving, and, and Cal and I disagreed on this, even though it's a team that's inverted commas in transition and we'll see the, the real team next season, I still think they should be top two, Rob. I still think there's enough quality, so do I. quality with that manager that if Chelsea win it, Manchester City should be second. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think United should be up there as well. But that's a, that's a different conversation for another day about what, how poor they've been. Um, but but Manchester City, absolutely. I mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, it totally is in transition. When you look at Leroy Sané again, Rob, yeah, he's going to be a special player. player. Yeah, he's, he's a special good. player. And, and Sterling, it wasn't his day today. You've got Kevin De Bruyne. They've got so many good things going forward. But as ever, Robbie Earl, as ever, mm. I'd love to get the thoughts of Pep Guardiola because I, I, I think... I think I know what, what he's trying to do all the time. And we can talk about defenders. We can talk about new fullbacks, which they absolutely yeah. need. Yeah. He cares about passing the ball, yeah. keeping the ball. So, and I totally agree with, so he, after the game, he said, you know, we scored a goal. Then we stopped playing. We stopped yeah. passing the ball. Yeah. And they did. And Arsenal then dominated. The game, yeah. and, and City got into a bit of a, a rut of, mm. oh, we're kind of low behind the ball and not playing football. And they're not good at that. They're just not good at that. Second half, he makes a, a clever change. Yaya comes into midfield. Well, you're not always going and, and, and well, to... He wants to, Rob. Yeah, he wants to. He wants to. He wants to. not always... Why not? Because there's this period in the game where the speed of the game, the other team's quality, yeah. the opposition, the, the, sometimes the conditions, etc. You know, the amount of games you've played. There are other, there are other considerations where... What yeah. if he can't control Robert? Has he, has he not got to think about those times as well? Is that not his next sort of development as a coach to win something in England? It's fascinating, Rob. Mm. So, so right yeah. now, this is the crux of yeah. Man City and Pep. It's the crux. What I would say to that is, I agree with you. I, I've been there. Mm. I know it, yeah. in some of these games, it's really, Probably really hard to pass yeah. the ball. Yeah. I think what he would say to us right now, if he was on our show now, he would say, I get that for five or ten minutes. But, I, but my team has to pass the ball. So he will, he will, I think he would say, you know, I know I can't dominate all the time, but there'll be periods of five or 10 minutes where we have to suck up the pressure a little bit. And then when that calms, we got to pass, we got to pass, we got to pass the ball. Because in the second half, Rob, for the majority of that, I think there was a, wasn't it 75% possession in the second half? Possession, yeah. So that's what yeah, that's he what wants. wants yeah. Now that's, that's at Arsenal, that are really good with the ball. That's at a situation where Arsenal need three points. Yeah. And his team, with good football, still managed to defend with the ball and control possession to create chances. So that that you saw in the second half is what he wants all the time. Now, in the summer, if he brings in a, uh, he probably needs a pass master. He needs yeah. a real yeah. uh, Xabi Alonso yeah. or, or a, a Xabi Hernandez from, yeah. from Barcelona. That sort yeah. of player to enable that type of control and better fullbacks on the ball. And he might just get that. It's Gundogan, that guy. Could Gundogan Could be. be. Yeah, he showed before, before he got injured. I'll tell you what, the more you're talking, Robbie Musto, I think we've got to go and get our people talking to Pep's people and get him on a podcast. I Absolutely. We'll our, our producer on that one. He can, he can work on that. And he'll rubbish everything that we said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just one, 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 one more thing on the City thing. And I thought this, this was quite a, a big thing today that kind of went under the radar a bit. Half-time, Raheem Sterling off. 
Yoyo Toure on was after after the game and said tactical. Yeah. I wanted more control of the ball. Yeah. Now, I agree, agree with that, and, and they did, and Yoyo got in there. But not great for Ryan Sterling, is it? If, if you're the guy being bought off, when you're, you're starting to come into your own, you're starting to feel like you're, you're one of the big players at City, and then you get dragged at half-time? Yeah, it's difficult, Rob, but, but who do you, if you want Yaya in midfield to, to play alongside Fernandinho, yeah. to be a bit more controlling with the football, you, you, you ain't going to take out Silva. You're yeah. not going to take out De Bruyne. You're not going to take out Sane. Well, right, if I'm Ryan Stilling, I'm saying he shouldn't be taking out me now. That, that's what I'm saying. As a player, I'm talking now as, as a personality. Mm. I'm not happy if I'm the one being taken out. Yeah. Did you think, I thought, Rob, in the first half, he struggled a little bit. Yeah, he did. A few of his runs, he couldn't get past he Nacho, correct. and he, he yeah. wasn't he, quite he effective. He ran down cul-de-sacs and turned out. Just gave... Vision-making wasn't good. Yeah, just gave his manager mm. a reason to say, you yeah. know what? Yeah. Not, maybe it's not Raheem's day today. whatever, yeah. And brought, brought, brought him off. Could he have switched him at right back and brought yeah. off Navas? Possibly. Possibly, but... Um, Fullbacks uh, is a situation where he's got to get better players back there. Navas looked a little bit nervous at that position in the first half, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying watching him yeah, play. Yeah, uh, and you know what? After the game, Rob, it looks like he's enjoying the league again. He's enjoying the challenges and that. It's, he seems up for it again, doesn't he? It's, it's funny. It's funny you should say that because I, I, I looked at him over recent weeks and he does look more relaxed. Now, yeah. let, me, let me ask you this. Is, is it a situation where he come into this football club, into this league, with a huge expectation yeah. level from everybody in England... And he and he and he and he looked under massive pressure yeah, that yeah. oh my god I'm not going to win this league I'm not going to I'm not going to um, produce the team that people want me to and I think I think it showed on him it showed on his his interviews his his body language everything all of a sudden I don't know whether he feels now that people are more accepting of this is yeah. going to take time for Pep and the pressure's eased off him a little bit which it has the last few weeks I mean they've been playing better as well yeah. he does look more relaxed do you think do you think that's it do you think he's he's now not so worried about being that do, all dominant I, coach. I, I, I think he might have had conversations with the owners who he might have said, listen, this is a slightly bigger job than I thought. You know, Vincent Company's not been around at all all season and, you know, I, I need to go and spend some money. They probably thought about the plan over the next year, 18 months in terms of transfer targets. So he's probably thinking, you know what, I don't have to put myself under the pressure. Yes, I might not win it in the first year, but if I, if I learn from that, make sure I finish in the Champions League, win the FA Cup, won't be a bad season, and next season they'll be ready, ready to kick on. So, yeah, I do agree with you. Look, so a bit more of a happy bunny. Let's just move it forward before before we go, mate, to yeah. Wednesday. Big game at Chelsea. Could have been bigger if Manchester City had a win, and obviously then beat Chelsea puts a little bit of pressure on them. But there's still an incentive for City, and Pep Guardiola isn't going to go to Stamford Bridge and want Antonio Conte to get one over on him. So, still playing to play for for City in this one. It's a brilliant game. Mm. It's a brilliant game because um, I think Man City can go there and win because yeah. of, of yeah. The, the attacking players that they've got. You saw that Kevin De Bruyne pass today that was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. uh, for Sane's goal, that again, was, was, was a fantastic finish going at that kind of speed. So they have got the players that can hurt Chelsea. Um, it's just, of course, with City, they have to control the ball because if they don't, they're vulnerable at the back, and we know that of Chelsea's quality. So can't wait for it. Uh, I think it's, it makes the, the league title race... Uh, fascinating because you you get a sense of Chelsea can beat Manchester City on Wednesday, then they are back on track and there's no stopping them. But you know Spurs have a winnable goal a game against Swansea. If City do win, then there's a, the gaps down to I think four points. So mm. massive. This game is massive. But my point is City can absolutely go there and win. Yep, def- I'd agree with you, mate. And it's interesting to see David Luiz, who had one off day, and you've yeah. talked about him this season. Is, is, is one going to turn into two and maybe uh, a blip turn into something more? Have we got a title race? Come on, look, just for the first time for a little while, a little bit of pressure on Chelsea. A few eyes on there. Neil, Neil, 
um, came on to, to the show today and talked about the, the, the papers in England all saying that, that the pressure's on. I think everybody, Rob, including us, wants a title race, don't we? Yeah, we don't want to canter to it. We, you know, if they're going to win it, let, let's win it in you know, early May or, or mid-May. We don't want them to, to win it too early. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, we're going to be there, aren't we, with, uh, with our broadcasts and uh, a couple of weeks' time, and, and they're going to be fantastic matches, and we want the, the race to be absolutely on there. Spurs still look strong to me. This was, a, this was a, an opportunity miss for City, Rob, because if they could have won this game against Arsenal, yeah. they go into that match thinking, you know what, we, we, we can be real challengers. We can be real challengers if we win the game at Stamford Bridge. Um, but that drop two points today might just take it too far for them. Um, but Spurs will, of course... Hope the City can beat Chelsea on Wednesday. Yep, they've got to keep the hope. So that's yep. it at the top of the table. We'll turn to the basement next. When we come up after a short break, we'll be joined by Millsbury Insider, former player Neil Madison. He joins us right after this. Hey there, Kyle Martino here to tell you about the brand new podcast I'm launching called That's a Dive with Kyle Martino. Each week, I'll take a deep dive into some of the most debated topics bouncing around our soccer community. You can listen to every episode wherever you listen to podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, basically anywhere in the podcast sphere. And if you enjoy the pod and want to help out, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. The ratings help increase our ranking, which allows for more soccer fans to discover the show. Finally, I always love to hear from soccer fans all over, so if you have any questions or feedback or just want to heckle me, please don't hesitate to reach out on Twitter, at Kyle Martino. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe, download, and dive in. Welcome back to the Two Robbies podcast. Now we have a very special guest on the show today who is a former teammate of mine, midfield player from Middlesbrough way back when I used to play as well there. His name is Neil Madison. He's the current commentator for the team and he was there to commentate on the game uh, against, with Swansea against Middlesbrough that finished nil-nil. Um, welcome on to the show, Maddo. Um, your initial thoughts of this game, um, I guess, from the Borough's point of view? Well, first of all... Um... We needed, having looking at the results yesterday, Hull and Crystal Palace's results, you have to go into the game thinking, you know, you've, you've got to take three points. Um, initially, just looking at the game, it's it's been the same all season. We just don't create enough chances. We don't score enough goals. And effectively, that's, that's what's let us down this season. Neil, Steve Agnew's come in, obviously caretaker. Has anything changed in, in the couple of games? You've had Manchester United before the, the international break. Played, obviously, Swansea today. Has, has he changed anything in, in the way that the lads do? Have you heard anything about training? Yeah, I, um, I've heard that um, in the training sessions, it's a lot brighter. There's people smiling around the club now. It's, 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 it's changed a lot. I think Steve has just brought a togetherness to the players and and the whole club in general. Um, today was a chance for us to basically, you know, have a go at Swansea mm. and, and try and score and try and try and get try and get a win under your belt. I know we had a chance the last minute, which you know Rudy Gustad he has to score that. Mm. It's a great chance. He doesn't put it away. Um, in the end, it, we've we've got a point from the game. But have I seen anything? It's we've got the same players. And the same players, effectively, are basically doing the same things. And as I said before, Robbie, we just do not score enough goals in games. Maddo, so, of course, I've been watching it so closely this season. It's so great for Middlesbrough to be back in the Premier League, particularly me for, to cover it here in the US. And 
at the start of the season, I remember looking at the squad and thinking, okay, yeah, I think defensively, you know, from last season, we're going to be strong. We're going to be okay. Um, I think that we went to three three guys in the middle of the park that worked very hard. That was a good protective shield as well. It was always the case that attacking-wise, the, the squad and the team looked short all through the start of the first half of the season. Then January comes. I just want to give this little comparison. January. So January, matter. we all know what the team needs. Final, I mean, the, the foundation is really strong with a good goalkeeper and an excellent back four, etc. Yeah. The attacking third had to be improved. Just for Swansea today, Martin Olsen, Tom Carroll, Luciano Narsing and Jordan Ayew all came in in January. They all started today. For Middlesbrough came in January, Rudy Gasted, Patrick Bamford and Aden Guardiola. Now, of course, Jested came in as a sub, but I was disappointed, Maddo, with the January transfer window because it was so obvious what Middlesbrough needed. And in my opinion, not enough was done. What do you think? Totally agree with you, Robbie. I think um, if you look at our squad, it's, it wasn't strong enough. We needed to strengthen in the dra- uh, transfer window. We bought Patrick Banford. I'll take Patrick yeah. Banford. Where's he been? For, for instance, I haven't got a clue where he's been. I really don't. I mean, we don't know. We don't know nothing about Patrick. We know that he's training, but to pay, it could be up to ten million. You know, ten million pounds for a player that you haven't even used this season. And and we had him in the uh, in the championship. He did really well for us. He's got a few goals with, with when the time he was with us at Middlesbrough a few seasons ago, and yet he hasn't even figured. The transfer window in January was a really poor one. You know, we we never got our targets that we wanted, and effectively, it's, it's costing us now. I want to ask, ask you both, Neil, and obviously Musty. And I know you've worked with, with, with the owner, Steve Gibbs, and the chairman. And is it is there a case that he was a little bit too loyal to Ita Karankas? Neil, is, is there a case that he almost left it so late that now you're down to nine games, you're sitting a little bit adrift at the bottom? It's going to be hard for anybody, whether somebody new comes in or Steve Agnew has the job, to do things right. Was there, was there a case of maybe making a change a little bit earlier? I think so. Certainly, I think um, I think we've rested too late. I really do. I think uh, we 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 got all the games. We watched all the games, and what Itor would do, he'd set his team out to be hard to beat. They did that at times, but going forward, trying to score goals, we just didn't do that. We didn't score enough goals. We we weren't we weren't even a threat in some games. It was it was embarrassing at times. Not not I think some some of the stats were saying we never had any shots on target in most games. So you know whoever comes in, who, I mean Steve's coming. He's got the same players. He's trying to juggle things around. He's trying to get us get us to be a more of a threat. I mean Gested, he's a he's a big lad and he wins his fair share of the year. But it's having people around him that can read them flicks and we just don't do that enough today we're just so static we've got more I would say more ability up front it's it's just basic football and you know it's it's been a real disappointment really has it I think most of the fans would just like to see us have a goal and yet we haven't done that this season Maddo, just just on the on the club and, and we know what Steve Gibson's done to the to the football club over a number of years I mean it's amazing what he's yeah. done <laughs> We, we study the Premier League now, all the teams, me and Robbie are there, and um, it, it's fascinating to see how different um, ownerships run their clubs. Southampton, for, for, I think for me and for Robbie, are pretty much the, the real um, high mark in terms of director of football recruitment policy. Yeah. Now, Steve Gibson, we know he loves the club. We know he puts a lot of money in. My question to you is, do you think that the recruitment of the club, that the recruitment department, is it 
professional enough? Is it sturdy enough? Is there a director of football? Who makes the decisions? Is it the manager? Is there a recruitment department? Does Steve Gibson contact agents to bring players in? And the staff. So it's a kind of a double-barred question. The staff. I see Jonathan Woodgate on the bench today. Yeah. I mean, has he, has, he done his, has he done his badges? I mean, in terms of the, the, the structure of the club, talk to me, Mado. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the um, I don't think Jonathan's got his badges, but I think he's just been brought in to galvanise them players, be a voice in the changing room. He's got a, a wealth of experience out there, so I think that's all they've brought him in to do, just to be that voice and trying to trying to get something else out of the players regarding the structure of the club, yeah. regarding the recruit, recruitment. Um, I think at the end of the day, the manager has his say. And we've been told, we bought um, Jordan Rhodes and a lot of people were saying that it was the chairman's buy, it wasn't the manager's buy. Yeah. And we've, bought, we've bought in you know, uh, Bamford again and that was the manager's buy. He stated that I wanted to bring him to the club and yet, you know, that was Ito Cranker's buy and yet he hasn't really started any games and even under Ito. So I think there is a structure there, but... At the end of the day, if you're the manager, you have to have a say in who you want to bring into the football club. You have to have a say. So I want this guy, go out and get them. And and you, you know, then you leave it to your chief executive to go there, and make the deals, and do the deals. Now, if they're out of your price range, out of your price range, you've got another person to look at, possibly go for them. But you know, for me, it comes from the manager. It has to come from the manager. It can't be anyone else because he's he's that's his team. He's running the club, so. Uh, no, it's, it's it's been a difficult one in in January, Robbie. I, I must admit, we haven't really done any business, and at the moment, it really is costing us. One more question for me, Neil. Uh, well, two actually quick ones before we go. Just in terms of the, of the team now, you see them week in, week out. You you, you do the commentaries on, on the team. You you get a sense of what's going on. Do you feel there's enough, honestly, to to stay in this league, or, or do you feel they might have to go down and, and come up again, like maybe Burnley did? Um. It's it's a hard lobby because I do feel we have got a lot of quality in the side. Mm. Under Itor, we were, I mean, we were toothless. We really were. We did, we never had no sort of. We never had a second plan either. That was the the gripe of most fans mm. regarding you know changing things in the game when things ain't going well. You try to change things, and yet under Itor, he would change a winger for a winger. He would change a midfielder for a midfielder. He wouldn't gamble enough, you know, and. I think we have got enough to stay in this league. The next two games now, we've got Hull City away on Wednesday and we've got um, Burnley at home on Saturday. These two games, you've got to take six points out of the games. If you don't, I just think the running we've got is far too... You know, we've only won four games all season. So it's a tall tall order at the moment anyway. But to, to these two games now, they have to be six. We have to win both games, guaranteed. Maddo, just looking at the team, and um, we saw today that Rudy Justed came on and it ended up being two up front with Trier on the right-hand side. How would you yeah. do it? How would you set for these two massive games? Would you play 4-4-2? Would you have those two strikers? Do you have Traore in the side? You know, there's a sense you've got to be positive. They've got to score goals and they've got to set the team up to do that. What would you do? Yeah, um, I, I think, as I said before, I just think the mobility in the side needs to change you know we we haven't got we've only got really Traore who is absolutely lightning quick and at times he can be a nuisance he played a game we brought him on a sub against Tottenham at um, the Riverside and we were 2-0 down he just played him off the striker and he caused absolutely so many problems for Tottenham he just ran at them through the the middle and he he caused a real problem I'm not too sure guys I just think you know 
for me, it's the centre forward, the two centre forwards, they're not mobile enough. Grado's certainly not mobile enough. And if you're going to play Triari, why don't why don't you just try that? You know, just yeah. play him off the play him off the front man and ask him just to get onto them flick ons. Ask him to try and read them flick ons and be a nuisance and and see how it goes. You've got to try something, otherwise we're going to go out this league with a whimper. Neil, I've got one sort of burning question that, um, you know, it's going to be difficult for you to answer, but most of the people we work with here over in the U.S. don't really know Robbie Musto as, as a player, obviously you know him as a TV pundit. <laughs> oh, they just, no. They just wanted to know, in what style of player would you say, was he a playmaker in the Janino and Gaza style? Kevin De Bruyne. Or was he more of a, of a water carrier? Was he more of just an industrial guy you stick in the middle of the field to, to kind of be a bit of annoying? Just, can you, I know you it's a long time since you played with him, mate, but just want to know what, what kind of style of, of footballer he was. First, first of all, he used to clean my boots. <laughs> so, you know, he used to clean the boots after before games. Now, you know, Rob, I mean, Robbie was just, uh, you needed a Robbie Musto in your side. You needed one of them type of players because Robbie just worked his socks off. He put the tackles in. He broke the play up. He scored a goal every now and then. Yes. You know, popped up every now and then. But, uh, yeah, he's told me that. Rob, I won't let, I won't let you down, Rob. <laughs> Good luck, he, 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 he was a top guy and a top player. Cheers, mate. Pay you later. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you Thanks, Matt. Thanks Cheers. for coming on, mate. Thanks. Brilliant. No, Thank mate. you. Cheers, mate. Take care. See Safe travels. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. So, thanks to Neil Madison. On a day when Arsenal and Manchester City still striving for a Champions League spot, it's Middlesbrough look more destined to a spot in the Championship. Remember to stay part of the football conversation. Look out for our next podcast on Wednesday after the midweek matches. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review the two Robbie shows on iTunes. The ratings help increase our ranking and visibility, which allows more football fans to discover the show. So from me, Robbie Earl, and him, Robbie Musto, thanks for listening and bye for now. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.